Hi, I'm Emily Abbott, the founder of The Brain Possible. We've created this space, our website, and this podcast to offer hope, to explore possibility over limitations, and to create community for families of exceptional children like yours. This is personal to me. I know firsthand that great change cannot come from a place of hopelessness. My son Carter's life taught me to run full steam ahead in the opposite direction of limitations and never to be. In this work, we know we are not providing one specific solution to one specific problem. We're doing something more, moving toward a transformation of spirit. And we try to spread that message one connection at a time. Here, on this podcast, we'll begin another. We're so happy that you're taking this journey with us. Today on the Brain Possible podcast, we will be speaking with Rupa Mehta, the founder of Nalini Kids. She is a teacher, entrepreneur, author, and health advocate whose wellness philosophy is that true health is achieved by being both emotionally and physically connected to the self. A first-generation Indian-American, Rupa grew up in Virginia, majored in journalism and marketing at New York University, and received her MBA from the Stern School of Business at NYU as well. Her work in the field of social-emotional learning has appeared in the New York Times, Vogue, NPR, Live with Kelly, and more. In these trying times when it feels like there's always something happening and not always something good, I feel like it's especially important to stay centered and connected to what really matters. I'm excited to talk to an expert today who can share some tips for how to do that. Let's get started. Well, thank you so much for being here, Rupa. Can you tell me why you got into social and emotional learning? What drew you to this field? I'm going to try to make a long story short. Essentially, I started a fitness business in New York City almost 20 years ago. And I noticed my adult clients, even though a lot of them were thin and physically in shape, they felt overweight to me. And I noticed a lot of my maybe technically, physically overweight clients felt light as a feather to me. And that discrepancy in the classroom always bothered me because I felt like I had these physical workouts that were helping people's bodies, but I wasn't attacking emotional weight. And the Mm -hmm. thing that felt that I felt was weighing down a lot of my clients. And so I started to explore this relationship between physical weight and emotional weight for adults. And at the same time, I was volunteering and teaching a middle school class in Brooklyn, 13 middle school boys, and I started to pair together movement and reflection. And it really made a difference. And it was kind of at the beginning stages of social emotional learning and it becoming so commonplace now to talk about in schools and at home. Um, So I think we do social emotional learning with a twist, but the physical connection, which really makes a difference. But that's what initially drew me in is seeing that adults would really benefit from this if they were when they if they had these tools when they were younger. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's an interesting way to describe it, that they are overweight, even though they're physically thin. Yeah. I mean, the way we kind of break it down is like, you know, 
it's easy to jump on a scale and measure yourself physically. You can measure your pounds or calories, but what can we jump on emotionally to weigh ourselves? And so I came up with this concept of the weight of words. You know, the idea that we're inundated by words, words we say to ourselves, words we hear from other people, words we read, and they can weigh us down and lift us up. So you know, your interpretation of the word brain is going to be different than my interpretation of the word brain. And how does that affect our day and our ability to connect with others? And so breaking down emotional weight to make it tangible and practical uh, was a mission of mine. Wow. Okay. So, and how did Nalini Kids come to be? So the fitness studio I started was called Nalini Method. Nalini is my mom's name. Um, she, she passed away last year. She was amazing. She was, uh, she was one of these people that was maybe technically overweight, but her youthful spirit, she had a wisdom and a buoyancy about her that was so light and energetic and emotionally freeing. And so when I had started a fitness studio, I did want to make sure I maintained that environment. And so when I started kind of combining the physical workout with emotional reflections um, and then pairing that with schools, it felt very natural to name the school program Nalini Kids. Oh, I love that. And it's a beautiful name. It's, it's, yes, it is a beautiful name. It actually means lotus, which in a lot of like Buddhism and Eastern religions is a symbol of, symbol of spiritual awakening. The idea that the lotus flower starts out in the mud and muck and just grows through all this kind of turmoil and challenges mm-hmm. and grows into this beautiful flower. So it felt very appropriate that her name meant that kind of spiritual awakening and lightness and also was my mom's name. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, And so how does social emotional awareness help us handle stress? I always love the saying, if you can name it, you can tame it. And I think just, just being aware of how to name emotions that are happening is so eye opening, you know, especially for children, you know, there is a nuanced difference between anger, frustration, than sadness. So really being able to name it can kind of help you start the journey of then managing that emotion. Um, And I think, like I mentioned before, we really emphasize that people have different interpretations uh, of these words. So, you know, sadness means something different than it does to someone else. So being aware of not only what emotion is coming up for you, but what your own interpretation of that emotion is, I think is uh, very important, that distinction. Yeah. And I had read recently, well, I guess it's been more popular now to talk about emotional learning and how kids should, how we should be helping them to identify their feelings, right? Like with a word. So like, oh, I see that you are feeling sad because of your face. I can tell because you're frowning or somewhere you're crying. And, and how is that? Can you, in your mind, how is that, you know, beneficial? to be able to name. It's funny because I, you know, I, I, I go back and forth on this because sometimes when you kind of feed the answer, mm. you know, um, sometimes you might lose out on the full experience. So for example, someone might be very happy, a very content person, but maybe their facial expression doesn't show it in the way that you're used to. So I think like at our, in our program and in kind of our methodology, we really try to break down experiences and then kind of name those experiences in your own words. So I'll give a practical example. We have something called the dictionary tool. It's a very simple tool. 
So I'll, I would give a child uh, the dictionary definition of the word sad and say, can you write your own definition of this word and draw out you know, an illustration of this word? And that is a great starting point. Like you don't even have to name an experience. You can just start with the dictionary definition of something. And we, we've used this tool for words as simple as sad to words like breakfast, to words like politics. You know, it's so interesting to see a student's different interpretation of the word breakfast, you know. For me, the interpretation is, I think of like a big meal, I think of waffles with my mom and syrup. Not everyone has that association, you know, or that experience. And so I think it's really important to, yes, to name it and to help children identify common um, moods or common visual things that happen, but also open it up to say, hey, what is your experience and would you name this thing the way I'm naming it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In your quest to bring social emotional learning for kids, have you've created some awesome tools that I think our listeners could benefit from. Can you describe subject of self? Yes. Um, so we actually wanted to create, you know, a, the study of you and make it very approachable. You know, this idea that you are the common denominator, you are everywhere you go. And so you being able to manage yourself will help you manage whether it's a health diagnosis, a hardship, or an opportunity. And so we broke down this study of you into a 35-week-long curriculum that kind of follows the school year. And it's free. Um, there are 10-minute lessons every day that combine an emotional workout and a physical workout and helps um, kids delve into topics like friendship, community, identity, and help them really understand their own interpretation. The idea is that if we can put our kids in the position of being a teacher and teaching them about their lives, that everyone benefits rather than kind of a top-down approach, the, you know, creating the scaffolding and the framework for students to be able to share the subject of themselves. Mm, I love that. So, yeah, everything's free, huh? For the kids? Everything's free. Yes. You know, we... Uh, our mission at Nalini Kids is to provide programs that make movement and reflection a part of every child's life. So we actually have two free programs. One is subject of self, which mm-hmm. I just mentioned, and that's broken down by weekly topics. And you have 10 minute lessons a day. And then the other free uh, program is called Word Workouts, mm-hmm. which is based on I guess, 40 emotional words that we kind of canvass the country talking to teachers and parents and ask them, what are the most common emotions kids feel from ages four to 18? And based on that, we've done word workouts that help kids um, connect words in their lives physically, socially, and academically. So for example, you would have the angry workout, the perseverance workout, the empathy workout. Um, and that is also free. Yeah, I know. So why, why are you, why did you do all of this for free? You know, we were a paid program prior to the pandemic and our mission was always to provide, to make it equitable, to learn about how to connect. And then post pandemic, I just felt like it was like our duty to make sure that we could provide these services for free and make it substantive. You know, a lot of times when you think of something free, you don't think that it's going to be substantive or rich or there's a trick to get you to sign up for more. And I just 
I just didn't want that. I, I really believe, you know, your ability to connect is an innate quality we're born with. And it, it is your right. <laughs> it's like a universal right to be able to connect. And as much as I can share these resources for free and, and share the experiences I've had kind of teaching in an adult studio, teaching um, kids nationwide. You know, we started out with 13 kids in this program. And now we've, I think we're almost at 250,000 kids that we've kind of serviced nationwide and wow. worked intimately with a lot of Department of Education systems and, and learn kind of the barriers to entry and connecting not only at school, but at home. And so it felt like we have the, you know, this wealth of knowledge and value. And I've just always been passionate about this. I, I felt that I was lucky enough from a young age to receive these tools from my mom for free. Yeah, she always created such a nurturing environment. And I felt, I don't know, I've always felt like it's my duty before I die that I have to give what I felt was a really big gift given to me. Wow. So your mom, tell me more about the tools that you got from your mom, since it, I mean, this is her namesake. And yeah, you know, I think what I loved about my mom is that she always put me in the position of teacher. Um, you know, a philosophy we had in our house growing up is that, you know, you don't really ask someone what they want to be when they grow up. You ask them who they are now and what they can teach you. And I just felt like that overall philosophy of meeting people where they're at and not having to project into the future uh, really kept us present. And my mom always, whether it was meditation or yoga, but really just listening um, just allowed me to explore facets of my brain at an early age that felt very freeing. And so it was really important to me, both in the physical sphere and in the emotional sphere, to make sure that any program we do allows someone from any age or background or experience to feel that they can feel identified in the program. One of the things we really take a lot of pride in, especially because politics has been so volatile and kind of social emotional learning has kind of um, gotten into that mix is that we love to be a program that is used passionately by people who live in the city, passionately by people who live in the country, passionately by people on different sides of the aisle. I think it, it's a true testament to our program and its framework of really saying like, who are you now? Like you as an individual and what can you teach us? I think mm -hmm. uh, it was given to me by my mom and I want to make sure that I pass that to others. Oh, and you weren't homeschooled, were you? I was not homeschooled. No, no she I just wasn't. infused this in all yeah. of the time she spent with you. Yeah, I, I just mm -hmm. never felt rushed around her and I always felt like I could explore my creativity. You know, one of the things that we have as an organizing principle in the program is kind of discovering your one word. And you know, we talked about the weight of words concept earlier, the idea that we're inundated by so many words. And what would your one word be if you had, like, if your name wasn't Emily and your name was just like one word to reflect your essence? My one word is connect. My mom's one word was balance. And she always wanted to balance Eastern and Western practices. She always wanted to balance teacher with student, knowledge with kind of, you know, unknowing. And so I think that that balance is infused into the program to help people connect. Wow. What did your mom do for a living? 
she was actually an accountant. Um, she, she got, she, she grew up going, um, she was a psychologist, like she was a psychology major. She moved to the U S and she had 15 different jobs. She loved America. This was her dream was to raise her daughter in this country. And, and really blend like where she grew up, her roots, but really kind of throw herself into American culture. Mm, she sounds amazing. Oh, she was. Thank you for asking. And she always felt like education is the key. And in this country, you can be and do anything. And so having that infused in how you like learn how you feel comfortable at home just felt like it was a natural extension of what this country is built on. <laughs> It's always beautiful and interesting to see how many first generation, not, I mean, not all, but many first generation uh, people in America really get that and they embrace it and go all, all for it to try and just be whatever. No, truly. I, I my mom used to always say I was her American <laughs> dream. You know, I was her American dream, like anything here, anything was a success. And I feel like, especially because I've worked so much in schools and I've seen so many different, um, had exposure to so many different students who've gone through various hardships, whether it's homeless, not, not having a parent, not having supports in place that creating curriculum that makes you feel that you can have a trusted individual in your teacher or even a parent at home that's willing to have that extra conversation or a guardian um, was really important to me. And, th and that's what I really like about the program is that these are very easy wins. You know, this is a 10 minute long curriculum. It can be, it can be extended into longer lessons, but it can be done as in as little as 10 minutes at the dining table. You're, maybe you're sitting with your family and you think of one word that comes to mind about the day and then you do a word workout or you know you pick a topic that you know has been bothering you and you explore like what what is your view on you know topics like diversity or identity is your view movable is it fixed and what makes you who you are you know when we explore topics like identity it's not only are we talking about you know what your identity, what you identify with right now, but it's where did your identity come from? Is it from where you live? Is it from your religion? Is it from you being a sibling? And just you asking yourselves these questions just allows you to understand yourself on a deeper level and help you understand what your barriers are to, are to connecting and what are your kind of gateways to connecting with others. Yeah. Well, that's so important right now. Tell me more about this dinner table idea. I like that for anyone who's listening. Um, how might that look? Then are you saying, so then you would pull out the computer and do pick a word workout? Yeah, I'll give you two examples. So okay. from the subject of self curriculum, which is more topic based. So we have this lesson, um, the, the lesson that's coming to mind is a, a late elementary school lesson. It's called kind of me and my country. And you do a self portrait of yourself and you do a self portrait of your country. And you talk about, have you changed over time? Has your country changed over time? Wow. And then you break down kind of what emotions come to mind when you think of yourself, what emotions come to mind when you think of your country. So this is like, something that is easily accessible by everyone mm -hmm. makes you feel like you can talk about current events in a way that feels personally kind of um, important to you. And it keeps it fun. You know, you're doing an illustration and 
that, that could happen over the course of one meal. That could happen over the course of the week, maybe on a Monday. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> Sunday night at dinner, you start on this illustration. And by the end of the week, you share it as a family. Um, so that's like a, an example from the subject of self-curriculum. Now on the word workouts, let's say you you come home from a bad day at work and you're, you know, your child senses you're upset or maybe they came home from a bad day as well. And you want to do the anger workout and you do a physical workout together. You feel how anger is manifesting in your body physically. You become like a detective and you understand how it's showing up in your actual physical being. And then you say, how does anger relate to like my how does anger look like at family? What, what, how do we deal with anger at home? How in a community, how does this community deal with ang anger? Is there a topic that is top of mind um, in, the, in the local kind of air that, that we need to talk about as a group? Or what is the effect of anger on the body? We have academic connections too. So the idea that, that you could take one emotion and highlight it in different areas of your life. Um, and so you could take these topics and extend them longer or you can keep them short. But I love doing them as just kind of quick 10 minute things you can do a day and build a daily habit of it. Yeah. Gosh, how amazing would that be if, if we were to do that every day with our kids, especially I think right now kids are dealing with a lot and they don't even realize what they're dealing with. They probably haven't explored like in named things or thought about not maybe how you would name them, but how they would name them. And they just don't know what it is, but they're not feeling good anymore. And their mental health for kids isn't it's things are getting worse right now um, through this pandemic. It's true. And for adults as well, like I've never heard such young children using the word anxiety and stress so freely. It's, it's heartbreaking. And I think that um, sometimes, you know, going right to talking about emotions is difficult. And so having the physical workout is such a phenomenal entry point to rich dialogue, because let's say like we do the energy workout, which is a bunch of jumping jacks, like we're all going to feel energy. Let's, you know, we, we have a think workout, which is like stretching your neck. You know, every single physical workout is a physical manifestation of an emotional word. And it's a great win as a family to do together. And then you can have that added layer of a deeper emotional reflection. If, if uh, someone thinks like, well, I'm thinking this would be great for my children's school to do, right? Mm -hmm. And you said you've worked with schools. I know your program is free, but how do you handle, do you ever help? Do you have like a guide for schools to yes. implement this? Yes. I think, you know, my goal would be if anyone is listening and wants this in their schools, please reach out to us. We would love to support, train your staff, help with any workshops, um, the curriculum is free and very self-explanatory and easy to navigate so that entrepreneurial teacher can kind of take it on themselves or the staff or the administration. And if you're in the mood for elevated support, we're here to support as well. I've worked in various capacities with schools, whether it's in open hours with just the teachers to ask questions and ask, you know, for a bit of advice, maybe they have a child that they're not quite accessing, but they know would benefit from the curriculum, you know, little tips I could help them with to actual workshops where I've trained 
teachers and staff and done a physical workout with the staff because you know like most things in life adults end up being the problem <laughs> and yeah. so it's it's nice to actually model this physical workout emotional workout for the staff get them really comfortable so that mm-hmm. they can translate these tools to the to their kids wow that sounds awesome i think that all schools should be talking about emotional learning more and something like this would be wonderful for just breaks, get them moving, get them tapping into themselves and kind of processing life right now. And as they're growing up and and through everything that's going on. It's true. And I think a lot of times in schools, things are um, physically in a different area and things emotionally are in a different area. You see the PE teacher on one side of the building and the counselor on the other side and academics as like the other thing. And our goal with this program is to be able to make emotional learning relevant through all these lenses and fun. You know, it's fun to move, especially when you're, you're young. And I'm not saying you have to be an athlete to move here. You know, we've had so many different types of students do this program. We've had students who had felt like they had no access point emotionally. They just start working out little by little and they grow into having these beautiful relationships in the classroom. I've had students in wheelchairs. I've had students who are like on, on like the, the next level want to be triathletes, you know, like truly like all different shapes, sizes, backgrounds, and everyone has access to physical connection. And especially through an emotional lens, you know, the energy workout, like I just said, the jumping jacks, if let's say your physical body couldn't do a jumping jack, you can still do an energy workout in some way, shape or form. And your teachers can figure out a way or your parents can figure out a way for that emotion to come out in you. And that's, that's what's really important about our program is to make it accessible to everyone um, and make sure that the physical um, workout doesn't feel intimidating. And so that, you know, that that's one access point. And another, another way we access this, especially in the subject of self curriculum is through the illustrations. You know, a lot of times it is hard to talk about your emotions, but drawing something out or seeing it as a group discussion in your family and seeing someone else be more vulnerable or students in your class be vulnerable allows you to feel like it's more commonplace to kind of then share. And and, and the the thing about the curriculum is that it it keeps things moving. Sometimes when you start to talk about emotions, maybe you might end up taking such a deep dive and you're like, I didn't really need to go that deep. Maybe that that conversation needs to be reserved for a therapist or a counselor or a medical professional. But I want to make sure my child has access and an outlet. Uh, That's that's where I think we really um, find a good balance in our framework. What age range, I should have asked this a while ago, but what age range um, are your programs for kids good for? Ages four to 18. We have, we have curriculum for, for all. We have younger. um, So all the physical workouts are done through like two to three minute long videos. So there's about five fitness instructors that help um, kind of teach the workout. Every single workout starts off with the dictionary definition of the word and then goes into like a step-by-step breakdown of the exercise. 
Then what's followed is some type of emotional activity. So I gave you that kind of me and my country example earlier. For word workouts, you might have self-connection, academic connection, real-world connection. So you would take this word and see how is it relevant in the past, in my present, in my future. And we ask very direct and hopefully thought-provoking questions. And this is all accessible online. Another way we group together our word workouts is by collection. So let's say you wanted to tackle a topic like bullying or community. Oh, yeah. The common emotions that come with that. We also have workouts for that as well. Yeah, bullying's um, difficult for kids these days. And I suppose it always was, but it's, I don't think it's gotten easier for kids. And especially a lot of kids, um, you know, I've heard people, adults with uh, autism, have come on and and shared how bullying impacted them so much growing up. And I think that schools need to be talking about that more. No. And it's like the the things that can weigh you down or, um, you know, breaking down bullying into kind of words or experiences and then breaking it that down further can make you feel like you have a manageable task at hand. You're just feeling like the word bullying. Sometimes you don't feel like you have an entry point. And so I think when we do pair the physical movements with that, it it can feel empowering and also breaking down, you know, what are the words and emotions that come to mind with bullying and breaking that down helps a child feel like they have an actionable step. And also what we also emphasize is that, you know, there, not that there's a bully that lies within all of us, but on some level, you know, you take away your resources, you take away your support systems, you know, you might feel angry or depressed or act out. And so really kind of having this program be available to both the person who's being bullied and the person who feels like they need to bully as an outlet for themselves, Mm. uh, educating them on different ways of expressing their emotions and being able to deal with it was really beneficial. We, I remember we had the student, Sam, he was on the spectrum and he really felt bullied in his classroom. And as he went through the program, I'll never forget, he told me that the program made him feel like he had a filing cabinet in his brain and he could file away his different emotions. And so if he, he knew, like, if he felt anger, he knew like, oh, my palms get sweaty, my, my face gets hot he was able to kind of track that and be his own detective. And so I think like, especially for kids who experience bullying, anxiety, and all the various kind of extreme emotions that can happen to all of us, uh, being able to break that down and knowing where you are physically and getting yourself present to that um, is is a great first step. Hmm. Is there a way for you to like walk the anyone listening through like what kind of physical, what, what is this physical workout? Like what are, what is something that you would do with this word bullying physically? I'm imagining punching. (laughs) Okay. So I'll just start off with the word imagine. So we do have like imagine as a workout. 
Um, and so the Imagine Workout, I don't think anyone could see me visually, so I'm trying to explain this. So the Imagine Workout is pretty much crossing your arms across your chest, you're bending your knees, you're sinking down, and this is for like late elementary, I'm giving you an option. You're imagining a drum underneath you, and your feet are the drumsticks, and you're going to just drum your legs really loud on this drum, and whatever you're imagining is going to come to life more and more. So First, you're imagining the drum, but then you get to imagine whatever you have in your brain. You're kind of your ultimate dream here. And so you're you're hopefully connecting physically. You're getting a little bit of a cardio workout. You're feeling like there's this drum underneath you. You're in the mindset of the word imagine because you're going to have just heard the dictionary definition of imagine. That's what the instructor will keep on repeating over and over. And then once that workout's completed, you would end up emotionally breaking down the word imagine. So imagine your day differently than it was today. Imagine what your future could look like. How is imagination used in science? How has that impacted you? And so you're able then to make these connections from this one word to all these different aspects of your life. Wow. That's cool. Thank you for doing that for me. Um, what other results have, you know, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of feedback from people with that many people who've used your program. What are some of the results that people have shared with you when giving feedback? I would say the the biggest thing that I tend to see is just the connection. It becomes so much deeper between adult and child and children to children that they feel the level of trust increases, um, sharing vulnerabilities with each other allows that to happen. And so I feel like that, that connection piece is key. And I think once you have that connection, then you're able to achieve a lot of different things, whether that be academic success, whether that's just, you know, just completing a project or having um, behavior issues decrease. So it kind of all starts with that connection. You know, if you feel that your teacher or your parent really cares about you and sees you uniquely for who you are, you're more willing to kind of listen. Um, you're more willing to learn. And so if anything, that's really the biggest thing I've heard is the connection piece being the root of it. And then another pleasant benefit that I always get excited to hear about is that a lot of the children just take this on and want to share this with their siblings or teach these tools to other people. And so that level of confidence increases. And I've also heard from adults that just teaching this to their children makes them feel more accountable in their own lives, that they feel like, I'm sitting here teaching my child about happiness and how they can overcome emotional weight. And I might not be doing that in my own life. Time, time to step up my game. Absolutely. So I, I think that is a great benefit as well. Yeah, that's a big one. I think many times, especially probably with our audience, I would guess, um, well, at least this is the way it was for me. Um, if you're trying to help your kid maybe heal from something, you all of a sudden open your eyes are open to all the ways that we need to work on ourselves. Yeah. Like everything yeah. ends up being a mirror. Yeah. I have, I have a two and a half year old daughter and I just feel like anytime I like, I don't know, get annoyed or frustrated. I feel like I'm like, okay, there's something going on with me and I have to like, so it's like a big mirror in front of your face being a, a mother. And I think that, um, What's beneficial about this program is that 
all the questions or all the emotional prompts in the physical workouts you can do with your child and you yourself will learn something Mm -hmm. because you're modeling it with your child, your child will gain more out of it. So Mm. it's not going to hurt you, Emily, to do 20 jumping jacks, like like for you to do pushups, like this is a physical benefit to you to do the program and to teach it. And then emotionally to kind of explore the very things that you're asking your child to do. These these seem like simple questions, but they're hard when you start to actually put pen to paper or draw it out. Like if I were to imagine my day differently and really think about how I would draw that out, it requires me to dream a little bit, be hopeful. Now, I know so much of what you say is kind of turning um, turning people's focus to hope and possibility. And I think like when you are able to access different modalities of connecting, then you just feel like it's not as intimidating, you know, talking to someone, talking to my family, connecting with others. And um, that's what we're trying to break down are those barriers. Mm, yeah, thank you. Um, how can, so how can our audience find out more about you and your work? So there's several different places, right? Yes. So, um, Nalini kids, N-A-L-I-N-I, Nalini kids.org is kind of the parent kind of nonprofit organization. Um, like I said, the mission is to provide programs that combine movement and reflection and make that accessible to every child. So you can kind of go there and learn more about our organization, our history, our relationship with schools, et cetera. And you can also access two programs from there, but you can also access them separately, subjectofself.org. If you go to subjectofself.org, the sign up is free. You do have to provide your email address, um, but you have access to a 35 week long curriculum, PK through 12. 10 minute daily workouts. And then the second program, which you can access through Nalini Kids or you can access separately, wordworkouts.org is free. And right when you land, it says get started and you can get started. You don't have to provide your email address there. And you have access to the 40 emotional words that we surveyed kind of teachers and parents nationwide to get. Um, Mm -hmm. But especially because your questions kind of, had me talking about Nalini and my mom and the organization. If you want to check out nalinikids.org, you can. But those two independent sites, subjectofself.org and Word Workouts, are both the free programs. That's awesome. And is there anything else that you would like to share with the Brain Possible audience today to be complete? I, I love the name of your podcast that... <laughs> I, I, th- I just I just love the word possible and possibility and when you kind of connect it to the brain. And I guess I just want to piggyback off of that and say connection is possible at any stage in your life and whatever background you have. And so I realize that a lot of your viewers are dealing with some very traumatic things. Some, some are on the more hopeful end of their journey. And literally at any stage in your kind of um, relationship with your child and in your own life, you have room and the time to connect, even if it's just for a minute, a couple minutes a day. And I hope that these tools can help. Oh, it, gosh. it makes yeah. everything lighter. You know, you yeah. have a really bad day and then someone gives you a genuine smile and a genuine connection and you're like, I'm good. Like that whole day can change. Yes. I always think like, 
there's this fact we share with kids in the program that there's 86,400 seconds in a day. And I don't know, I just, when I always think about that number, I'm like, there's, you know, there's 86,400 opportunities in your day to connect. That's a lot of options. And so I hope our, our tools can help that. Yeah, thank you. Well, it is, you know, such an honor to have you on here. And also, I just want to, well, thank you again for creating these programs and for offering them for free. People can do them right now from their homes, from their schools. And it's more important than ever right now for um, kids to really work out their bodies and their minds and, and get in touch with themselves and why they are think the way that they do to understand that. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today and that you learned something new. Do you have a question for Rupa? Do you have your own story to share about emotional learning and mental health? We would love to hear from you. Let us know how we can be useful in your journey. Email us at info at thebrainpossible.com. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and share our podcast if that feels true for you. You may also consider visiting our website for more information on stories, therapies, and products that we think that you will love and will support you in your healing journey. As always, thank you for spending your precious time with us at The Brain Possible. See you next week and be well.